So, in Shara B'tochen, the gate of trust. In the beginning, the language of the author is, a person doesn't put his trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Hashem, then automatically he puts his trust in man or in others. Why is it an automatic? What does it mean that it's automatic? So what the, the author is saying is like this. Trust is an inherent quality within creation. Everything... The world functions from a world of trust. There is a certain uh, social contract, if you wish, between people that people trust each other. In other words, when you when you drive in a car, or you're driving in a car, and you're driving on the highway, you have to trust that just like you're paying attention to the speed limit and to the road and ensuring that you're driving safely, there is a certain consensus, a certain trust that you have to say that I also trust that the other person is doing the same thing. When you drive on a green light, you're trusting that the person on the other side of the road who has the red light is not going to drive. So there's a level of trust. And same thing also with everything in life, not only social contracts between people, there's a certain sense of civility, there's a certain sense of social trust. That when you walk and you and you and you and you tell someone something and someone asks you, you know, where's the directions? And, to, and you know, three ways or something. Someone says, where where do we go? And the person says, you know, you take a right, you take a left, you go to this juncture, and then you go that forward. It's a certain level of trust. You trust that the person is saying the correct thing. That people are not evil, and, and this is and this is a level of trust. But also just basic, mundane activities, just. Living, there's a, there's a certain measure of trust. You know, when you sit down on the chair and the chair, you don't check the chair if it's wobbly or if there's a leg that's, that's missing, you trust that the chair is going to support you. When you put down a hot soup on a plate, on a table, you trust that the plate will hold up the soup, the bowl will hold up the soup, that the table will hold up the bowl. There's a certain measure of trust. We function from a place of a certain level of trusting, trusting the world around us trust the world around us, we trust people around us, for better, for worse, but there's a, there's a certain type of social contract between people, there's some type of consensus between people, uh, not obviously a conscious consensus, but there's a certain level of trust. And it's also with us in the, in the world and around us. And so this is what he's saying, this is what the author is saying. The, the, he's saying, what he's saying is that if we're not b'teich b'ashem, we're b'teich b'zolosu automatically. If we don't, if our trust is, I trust Hashem, and if Hashem put me into this world, Hashem will protect me. Hashem will take care of me. That, like, again, what, he's, what he says is over and over again in the first Shari Yichud and Shari B'china, what he talks about in the first, in the first gates, is that there's, there's, there's structure to this world, there's order to this world, there's symmetry to this world. The world is an organized place. And therefore, I trust. My trust is not in the in the thing in itself. My trust is that there's a grand orchestrator that orchestrates everything, and my trust is in Hashem. Because if I don't put my trust in Hashem, it's going to be automatically vested into another place. But then he says, which we spoke about already last time a little bit, that he says that if you put your trust, if you put your trust 
in others or other things, or other people, then automatically also there is a taking away, a withdrawing of the divine providence in your own life and it's placed in somebody else. So how do we understand that a little bit according to the, the teachings that the, the teachings of Chassidus, the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, the teachings that everything has Hashkacha Pratis, that everything has divine providence, and it's not a matter of choice. It's not, it's not a sliding scale, like we said previously, uh, the way some of the earlier commentators say, that, that divine providence, specifically, specific divine providence is dependent on our actions, but every single, every single aspect of creation has divine providence. So what does it mean the, that there can be a possibility that the hashkacha, that the divine providence can leave us. So we must say that the way we understand it is that it means that there is a a conceal a concealment of divine providence. Not that it's not there, but through certain actions that we take, we stop seeing the hand of Hashem. We stop seeing the the, the guiding hand, the guiding hand of a of a, of a Baruch Hu. So what that means is as follows, in very simple language. The more we live with a connection to, to Hashem, the more we live and we see in our lives the Hashkacha Pratis, the specifics, the, the divine intention, the guiding hand of Hashem in the very specific areas in our life, which is always there, this is what we're saying, that the Ashkacha Pratis is always there, the divine providence in the specific areas in our life is not whether dependent on our actions or inactions. It's not if we do better or we do or we live on a higher level and we have more Ashkacha, or we do on a lower level we have less Ashkacha, we have less, less divine providence. It's always the same thing. Even a leaf, even everything of nature has the Ashkacha Pratis. Everything has divine providence. But it's in terms of it's revealing itself to us. The more we sense in our life the hand of Hashem guiding the specifics area in our life, the more we get to see that and the more we get to see more and more the guiding hand of Hashem in our lives. So that means the more we, we believe and we're connected to the world of Ashkacha, to the world of the revealing of Hashem's presence in this world, and the more we get to see that in our, in our lives, the more Hashkacha actually becomes revealed to us. Sort of, sort of what this means is that we, we begin to open ourselves up to see it, and then you start seeing it more often. If you close yourself off from seeing it, and you say, I'm not putting my trust in Hashem, and Hashem is not the orchestrator of my life, Khalil. and it's, 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 my life is, is, is random, and it's, it's just, it's just, it just happens, and I put my trust in other things, and other people, and other things, but I can't trust that Hashem will take care of my life and that Hashem is intimately involved in every single specific area of my life. And Hashem cares and observes mashkiach, Hashem nitzavolov, Hashem standing above us and actually observing and seeing that every single detail in our life needs to come into its cor correct form. The moment I, I this, this, this describe from that awareness and I separate myself from that awareness, that's the moment that I stop seeing it. And the, the moment I choose to start living that way with a connectivity, with a connection, with Dvekas, with a sense of connection, connectivity to that, to be able to see and to observe it, that's the more I get to see it. 
and, and, and very practical in, in our own lives is we have to start contemplating in our own lives the hashgachas that happened in our life. Sometimes when you look at your life and say, oh, my life is random, and I don't feel that there's hashgacha pratis, I don't think that Hashem really cares about my life, and that my details on my life really matter, and maybe in a very big scheme of things, in a very macro level, my life has meaning, but not in the specific, in the details of my life, then it says, wait a second, try to think about your life, try to think about the small thing, try to think about the biggest things in your life that ever happened, and you'll, you'll recognize that some of the biggest things that happened in your life actually came, came from the smallest decisions when, when they happened. Sometimes like the person that you married or the job that you have or the place that you live seemed when they happened to be just a coincidence, just a happenstance. I happened to meet this person, I happened to be in that place, I happened to drive through that thing and then see this other person. And then you look at your life and say like, some of the most wonderful things that happened in my life, some of the biggest things that happened in my life that really almost changed the whole trajectory of my entire life happened from a small, tiny incident. And the more you get to, to observe that and the more you contemplate it, to recognize the hand of Hashem in those tiny little areas in my life, which seems so random. I went here instead of going there. I met this person instead of meeting the other person. And then you realize that those in those specific places, in those tiny little places, in those small spaces, which seemed insignificant when they happened, those are all the things that actually opened you up to, to all the blessings that you had in your life. So the more you, you contemplate to recognize the Yad Hashem, the hand of Hashem in your life, and to do that is through observing your own life and asking yourself the question of how do the big things that happen in your life, and you'll notice always the Yad Hashem, the hand of Hashem in the very specific areas in your life, that it seemed like just a, a tiny little coincidence, but it actually shaped and formed your entire life for better, the things that did shape your life for the better, then you re realize that Hashem is actually there and present in every single aspect of my life. And the more we get to live with this, the more we get to see this Hashkach in our own life, the more we open our eyes to observe the hand of Hashem guiding us, the more we get to see this in a, in a living way, in a tangible way, in an observable way, to see the hand of Hashem in our own lives.